That's the thing that I really want to share with people is that these things that you can figure out about the world are really cool. And coming to that realization and being able to get it is really exciting. And it's something that a lot of people miss, I think, when they study math in school. Welcome to Everyday Superhumans, the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. I'm Kyle. And I'm Charlie. And today's a very special day. It's a really special day for you in particular since you're moving. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm <laughs> looking is... around at all the boxes and there's nothing in it yet. So I have a lot of work to do. You have like a bunch of like, it's like you better make like a box for of everything in here. I'm actually just doing those box sets where it's like a box within a smaller box and then <laughs> just gets to the smallest box yeah usually like a russian doll of boxes yes, but we're just of like... with boxes <laughs> and you know geometric shapes are really important in today's episode yes, yes math yeah. we're talking math yeah today and we... it happens <laughs> <laughs> yes it does and uh today we're speaking to math happens which is a educational nonprofit here in Austin. They work with museums and other educational organizations to make exhibits to demonstrate the commonality of math and like how mathematical concepts can be displayed or shown in nature. We actually spoke with Math Happens and uh, one of the partner organizations, which is the Austin Nature and Science Center, which is a City of Austin program that's trying to help teach kids and families and anybody who's curious like how the world works. So one thing that we focus a lot on this episode, since we're talking about nature and how math applies to that, is uh, proportions and ratios you find in nature everywhere, with the golden ratio being the number one ratio in nature. We also spoke about a new exhibit, well, newish exhibit, like new into the past year exhibit that Math Happens and the Austin Nature and Science Center made together, uh, which was a human sundial, which is actually pretty cool. Like you stand like in the middle of the sundial, on the exact date that the day that is for you. And then your shadow will be playing exactly at the time. We, I definitely want to go to the sundial, the place, mm-hmm. and take some video. As somebody who has a degree in engineering and loves math and science, I'm happy to see a organization like this trying to teach kids that math is fun and it's not just numbers on a chalkboard. It's actually a way of looking at the world and explaining how things work. Math happens everywhere and you don't really realize it. It's the simple things that gets missed. Well, let's get to the episode and I'll let you get back with your packing. I'm Lauren Siegel and I'm co-founder of Math Happens and the director. And you are Josh? Josh Ransom with the Austin Nature and Science Center. I'm the exhibit coordinator there. So you two have been working with each other for a couple of years now, right? Yeah. So we had done a project before with the Ransom Center, which is an archive. And we just started out trying to learn more about the museum community, trying to get out in Austin and look for opportunities to talk about math. And the Nature and Science Center seemed like a good place to go. Well, they have a very casual, I would say, um, specimen room. People can bring things in and trade them. They can see all kinds of native critters. Mm -hmm. And one of the kind of math connections that people talk about 
first with animals and natural forms is this golden ratio thing. And so we went there, we looked at the place, and we started thinking about what is this golden ratio and how can we let people get their hands on it. Mm -hmm. And that's where the calipers I was showing you come in. These, these calipers... <laughs> Open and close, and they have a proportional third arm in the middle. They look like, like um, how do you describe this? Kind of like giant tweezers. It looks like yes. Edward yes. Scissorhands. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and they're a little scary, and they're kind of big. But what happened is we um, wanted some way to have this ratio in a way that you could get your hands on it. And oh. this proportion stays no matter how big or small. The calipers get. Okay, and uh, for those who do not... Okay, I guess... Yeah, for like, people who can't see this, yeah, let us try well, to describe it. Your SOL. Uh, Char do you want to stick your arm out like this, Charlie? If I'm you just going to chop you. Yeah, I'm going to chop you. <laughs> 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 so we've You're got golden. one point on his elbow, one on his wrist, and one on his fingertip. And that proportion is the golden ratio. It's, it's in... All humans. So it's true for like anybody's arms. So you test on my arms. Yes, and so. your arms are longer yeah. than his, and More that is where the adjustability. Mm -hmm. oh. He wants to see. He doesn't yeah, believe let's it. See. <laughs> the fingertips. Oh yeah, okay. you're right. Yeah, and there's a there's a kind of a a little exhibit piece in the nature center that that sort of you can lay it out and then measure it. So, so a different single things person here and they do it yeah. like different natural things that are naturally occurring. Well, like, just for your forearm. Okay. Um, yeah. Because it's it's cool when you know you see a parent do it, but then you also see the kid do it. Mm. You're like, yeah. Oh Playing God, around. It still works. This is like a good way to like transition to like what math happens does like in your general sense. Like you're trying to show all the like that math happens everywhere that you go. Like that math is like very applicable and is used to analyze things from like the natural sciences to engineering. I take it. Yeah, but I think we should talk a little bit about the sun clock, too, because our idea is that, yes, people say math is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Then when you get down to it, where? <laughs> yeah, you, don't actually, you don't see numbers in the wilderness. You don't see like an algebraic equation just hanging out next to the earth to signify gravity. You don't right. see that. Right. Well, and I think that's what, uh, why what you do is so important is because, you know, it's hard to engage these little minds and you know just pages of math problems but mm. then when you when you put them in, in front of say a human sun clock and you say that your physical presence and that celestial body will mm. tell you what time it is of the day i mean it, it, it it's a complete and total intersection from what you do and what we do mm. so that's why it was a i think a perfect first big project for it's us it's been a really good partnership for us we have been able to go there and try things out with people. Hey, can can I explain these mm. calipers to you? And actually, we ended up making ones that were one-to-one -one proportional and one-to-two proportional so people could understand the proportional mm. part of it before we get into this whole golden ratio mm. thing. So you're yeah. working your way up from proportions then? Yes, yeah. yes. And... I know that the staff at the Nature Center is using these things. We were there visiting. We have a small exhibit area. That was kind of the next challenge. We can come out and explain things, mm -hmm. but what if we leave something here? Will people understand it and use it? And we were there um, doing something else, and we stopped by, and there was some kind of a dried-up paw over by our stuff. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> and we, sure. we, this is where my lack of content knowledge hit me hard. I'm like, I don't know what kind of animal that is. There's no telling. But one of us started <laughs> playing with the calipers and went, oh, I think I know why this thing is here. Because they can show this relationship using this dried up paw mm-hmm. and fossils and all kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, to go back to the uh, what she was talking about, about our, uh, you call it the bone room? Is that right? Uh, what do you, what is the correct name It's for called that? the Naturalist like Workshop. The Naturalist <clears throat> Workshop, okay. So the room at large is the, the Naturalist Workshop. When it's staffed by volunteers, it's called the Trade Counter. And so, okay. you know, the idea is that visitors can bring in things that they find mm-hmm. out in nature, be it a bone, a rock, a shell. My son just brought in a giant snake skin the other day. Oh, wow. Our volunteers, they don't just, you don't, it's not, they don't Google with another human. What is this? Oh, mm-hmm. it's that. Here's mm-hmm. your points. Get out of my face. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. You know, we, we work through it uh, inquisitively. Like, where'd you find this? What do you think it is? Are you sure about that? I mean, how many? And um, a lot of kids just answer, oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, then you just, you, you try to find where you're going to get some sort of response that mm-hmm. will lead you toward the answer. A lot of times we don't know what it is and that's fine too we're all you know looking at field guides and that's kind of fun i think that's a good like time to like teach too if you don't know what absolutely it is. Like, you, like say yeah. hey, here's the process now that, like how to actually figure this and out. you know that's kind of hard for an adult to get over <laughs> you're like yeah. oh that's a uh uh, uh yeah i know exactly what that is you have no idea it's okay <laughs> to not know what it is yeah and some of our best volunteers, that's what they do. They just sit down with these kids. And so she has supplied our volunteers with uh, calipers, and we're using them all the time. So if it is something that, say, the kid just comes in and is like, this is what this is, well, maybe we can explore another aspect of that specimen with them. What's like, the oddest thing that you've found that has um, been brought in? We get really strange concretions and and rocks that like our geology spe- uh, specialists have no idea what huh. they are. Um, I like bones a lot. That's mm. that's my strength. And I mean, when we see like fragments of skulls, we're we're mm-hmm. just turning them this way and that. Like, what if it's this? And what if it's that? And you're <laughs> like, no, nah, it's too light to be that. And are you sure? And, we found um, in our collections, we were organizing things not too long ago. We found what we we're pretty sure is the like the top portion of a elephant skull. What? Oh. Yeah, it was pretty wild. How that end up there? Well, we're not even sure if that's what it is, but uh, that's yes. what you know. A lot of our our um, that's the consensus view anyway. Back to what she was saying about just the 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 fluidity of of what we do and what what they do. They they have this little space in in our main exhibit space that. You know, when we when we started talking, it became apparent to me that, you know, funding was not something that we had an abundance of, especially mm-hmm. not for new exhibits and stuff. And we have this organization that is wanting to develop, you know, these these new elements and they need a place to kind of workshop them mm. and, you know, just kind of a playground. And we need new content. So, mm. hey, yeah. why don't we, you know. Some things have stuck. Some things are like, wow, that didn't work. Or they have, you know, people come out on the weekend and it's like, okay, this is not as good without the people. This stands really well on its own, you know, so. Yeah, you know, really. we've been able to partner with that. And it, if you'll notice, these are the calipers. We're looking that at we some have small calipers. Now. Small calipers that are very, very blunt. <laughs> so no, we're sure. The big ones are sharp. Oh. 
<laughs> These are very rounded at the end. We found out that they can be turned into <laughs> straight. Yeah, um, unintended consequences. Yes. Watch um, out, children. The visitor group at the Nature and Science Center are great for stress testing things. <laughs> yeah. We Getting find young out. Children in there. Yeah, of course. Uh, but the the real real benefit is that they come. They attach their excitement over the animals. Their mm-hmm. excitement over something they found. Mm-hmm. They attach that to understanding a little bit of math with it and. The math doesn't have to be on a piece of paper. It can be understanding a proportional relationship. And um, that positive experience is very, very valuable. There's so much kind of math phobia and people have had a bad experience and it really affects them emotionally. And so every opportunity to um, do something different is really exciting to us. We've come out at events when there's lots and lots of people. We've come when there's just a few people. It's all been really good. The sun clock that Josh was talking about, we got to help build it. Mm -hmm. Um, We did some funding for it and buying the molds and Mm -hmm. then our interns. And that's another part of it is our interns are from UT. Mm -hmm. And we want them to have a good experience getting out in the community. It's... Mm -hmm. Um, not something that math and science people always do. There are outreach programs, Mm -hmm. but um, there are a lot more ways to get out in the community if we can kind of show what they are. Yeah, and I got their hands plenty dirty when we were making our sun clock. It's it's poured concrete with rebar skeleton. Mm And, you know, when we were... Apart from the temporary kind of elements that we were doing inside the exhibit hall, we were exploring what a more permanent exhibit could be outdoors that we could tie into to the things that are happening inside. I think we started with like a Fibonacci hopscotch or path or trail or something, and we, we struggled with the logistics of it, and the conversation then turned into, well, where does this path go? It needs a destination, right? I mean, you got to go someplace, and... I don't know if it was you or I that suggested, well, you know, we want a sun clock, too. (laughs) A sundial would be pretty cool. Well, a lot of the original thinking around how does the earth work, how big is the earth, these are mathematicians' endeavors to figure these things out. And they all go back to the sun and tracking the sun. Lunar eclipses were huge for navigators. And so the sun clock really ties into that well it also just literally has roman numerals on the the stones mm. and not every kid has seen a roman numeral and good time to learn even yeah. more now yeah depending yeah. on the age just going through and you know figuring out those roman numerals is a thing for them and when the sun is out and they stand on the correct spot there's like a calendar pad mm. they just light it it's this amazing feeling i was taking a teacher through and it was an overcast day and she's like ah sun cloud yeah okay you know there's some roman numerals and then the clouds moved and the sun came out and she stood on the spot and her shadow pointed exactly to the time and she was like wow (laughs) it's like moses this is so cool yeah i mean all of a sudden this is so cool and That's the thing that I really want to share with people is that these things that you can figure out about the world are really cool. And coming to that realization and being able to 
get it mm-hmm. is really exciting. It's something that a lot of people miss, I think, when they study math in school. And that's probably the biggest value to me of the sun clock, being able to come back time and again and understand it when you're five and experience mm-hmm. it when you're 10. Maybe you see it with a different person mm-hmm. or you're in a different frame of mind. Your opportunity to learn those things shouldn't be limited to, well, it, this is taught in the third month of fifth grade. And if mm-hmm. you were checked out for whatever reason, you're not going to get it. I didn't really start appreciating math until I took physics in high school. Before that, I was like, whatever, math. Right. After that, I was like, wow, this actually has like practical uses. I could use this like to predict things and I could seem like super smart knowing about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like knowing that like, I had like a real world measurable like application is like what made me excited about math. Before that, I just was like, whatever, numbers. I didn't even get to I, physics. Uh, <laughs> I didn't yeah, get to physics. Well, and I got to chemistry, <laughs> and then I stopped. I hate chemistry. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had got straight B minuses. Yeah, I yeah. think chemistry is hard. Yeah, yeah, you were talking about experiences that kind of drew you maybe away from math. Chemistry yeah. was yeah. was that. Yeah, and I think that's true for a lot of people. There are so many different ways to be good and ways to be bad at math that everybody's going to encounter something Mm -hmm. that they're not good at. I'm not good at calculations. Mm -hmm. I don't add and subtract very well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that doesn't stop me somehow, Mm -hmm. and it stops other people. After a certain point, arithmetic, at least... And my job doesn't exist anymore, pretty much. You just kind of like, at least like with like upper level engineering classes, you never plug in numbers, really. Mm. It's just like, find the equations for the relationships between these yeah. things. I really liked algebra, finding what the value was for X and that mm-hmm. sort of exploration I really liked. I know yeah. my biggest math weakness is linear algebra. I don't understand matrices at all. <laughs> well, and that's interesting that's about because where I, I I learned a little bit about matrices, and then I think the computer programs mm. kind of took them mm. out of um, relevance as much. But linear algebra is really interesting because it's an optimization thing. It's oh, finding it is. the okay. yeah, is it, that's what it's for. I know computer scientists use linear algebra a lot. That's what I've heard at least. I'm not a computer scientist, so I can't say. Another thing we did is we tried to help people understand this golden ratio as being just a number. And so we came out, they have a a traveling exhibit right now, Nature and Numbers, which our stuff is kind of in along with it. And we actually, um, 1.618 dot 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 Mm. is that golden ratio. And we served little shots of cocoa in 1.618 ounces (laughs) okay but you can you know you can drink pie ounces or something (laughs) you can you know have square root of two ounces of something more or less all irrational irrational stuff yeah they're irrational but there is a number bigger than what they are and there's Mm. a number smaller than what they are so if you just get in between those two you're somewhere close to that irrational number that's vexing you for all your life uh do you know what irrational numbers are since let me think about it for a second because i wanted to explain it but Mm. No, I don't. Okay. I don't remember. The thing with irrational numbers is that they're numbers you cannot get by dividing any other whole numbers together. Right. And there is a proof for that. There's a what? There is a proof. There is a proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen the proof for the square root, too. It's really fascinating. I, yeah. There's a, you know, the YouTube channel Number File? I do. They're I love good. Number File so much. Those guys are good. Yeah. They talk, it's a YouTube channel about like, they speak to a bunch of uh, mathematicians from like Nottingham University. Right. And uh, Berkeley in California. Right. And uh, 
they just talk to them about like different mathematical concepts. It's really good for people that have like a basic understanding of math about like to learn more about like how these mathematical concepts work. Like they did have one on the Fibonacci sequence. Right. They had one recently about how Euler's number, which is a really fascinating number using calculus and like compound interest that pops up a lot. It's an irrational number as well. Right. The thing that we go back to, I mean, you can watch a video or watch a YouTube, but it's that overall experience, you know, being at the nature center, seeing Mm. the animals in the zoo, understanding the fascination with them, understanding that you might want some tools to figure out, is this population healthy? Is it growing? Is it in decline? Mm. What's going on with how these things relate to each other? That makes understanding the math compelling because you have a reason to want it. You know, for you, you're an engineer, you may not need all of that. You may be perfectly happy in the abstract world, or you may be really content with a computer model Mm. that you can manipulate. Mm. And for a lot of people, they, it's the, so what part, Yeah. the work we did at the nature and science center definitely helped us with that. I think the nature center kind of embodies what we aspire to, which is to make their visit there an even richer experience by including mathematical Mm. connections. And one thing I failed to mention is that a nature center in North Carolina actually asked for materials from us based on the ones they saw on display here. I don't know if we talked about that too much. I don't think so. Might not have talked about that. That's really cool. And yeah, and we made a connection with a math professor here in Austin who was actually at the Nature and Science Center, saw those exhibits and said, hey, I like these. There's more and more interest in getting outside the classroom, understanding how math relates Mm -hmm. to the real world, understanding this, so what? Why should we care? Mm And we're super excited about it. And we're really curious where we're going to go next. That's great. Um, That's yeah. Growing so, and people want to imitate you in a sense or use your systems. Well, we're, yeah, we're all about take, take it, use it. We'll give it mm. to you. Um, we really are excited when we have an opportunity to do a larger event, like some of these ones at the Nature and Science Center and talk to more people, it's very energizing and exciting to see them have this good experience, their kids get it, or they do something, you know, we didn't even get into symmetry and mirrors, which we have yeah, a whole other like, thing on we that. Could do like a multi-episode um, about yeah, you guys could just stay for a couple of days. <laughs> and um, I think that's one of the points we're getting to is that there is so much. And as we try mm. to build models of all of it, we are actually up to our necks in models <laughs> of all of it. And that's that's really exciting too. And the partners we have, mm. when we talked about who can we do this talk with, I started making a list of people mm. and then it turned into some kind of thank you note list that I need <laughs> to, uh, you know, that I need to yeah. um, engage with. So, and yeah, I wish you guys could meet all of our interns. If you looked on our web blog, we got more pictures up, but okay. um, well, we'll, we'll they're amazing. These links. Yeah, they, they are amazing. And um, sorry, keep <laughs> that's talking. Right. That's all right. Yeah, do I get to answer the question or is yeah, there time? Like, oh yeah, there's yeah. always time. Yeah, okay. we'll always do this question no matter what. Okay. Like so, question. have you, you actually know what it is. Thought of the superhero or superpower you would want to be? I know what I would like for people to feel. And what I want them to feel is I get it and I love it. Mm-hmm. That's what I want them so to feel. A sense of understanding. In a way. Yes. Empathy. Of understanding. 
Maybe. And an understanding beyond just, I get these numbers, Knowledge. but I get it. Yeah. I get why this is interesting to math people, to not math people, and it's interesting to me. Mm. So what's your name then? What's oh, your... yeah. <laughs> I don't know what my name is. It's got to be epic. It has to be cosmic. Something. Like a magician. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> fractal. Oh, fractal woman. No, I don't know. That sounds pretty scattered. <laughs> that could be right. That could be, that's more of a villain. That could be right. Like. Yeah, yeah and there's a lot of villainy attachments to math. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's like how you're trying to stop those. So that's like there's good sides to it. Because there's a lot of good sides to it. Like my entire job is based around applied mathematics. Unleash your inner scientists at mathhappens.org where you can learn all about the wonders of nature and how math can be used to describe them. If you want to see some math in the wild, check out the Austin Nature and Science Center by searching for that in your favorite search engine. You can also stay up to date with the center at facebook.com slash ATX Nature Center. Looking for some good news to add to your life? We can help you with that. Restore your faith in humanity at everydaysuperhumans.com, where you can learn all about the people making the world a better place and find your true calling. While you're there, check out our Find Your Cause quiz to find a nonprofit right for you. You can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter to get a little dose of superhuman news and charity opportunities happening in Austin. And finally, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at SuperhumansCast, like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash EverydaySuperhumans, and check out our Instagram at EverydaySuperhumans. Has this podcast restored your faith in humanity? Then be sure to rate and subscribe to Everyday Superhumans on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, not every hero has to fly, so grab your cape and let's go. Let's go.